that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a game day edition of the sports talker here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. I can't hear much of what's going on at the studio, mainly because how loud it is here at Saints in St. Matthews. This is the place to watch the United States game if you're a soccer fan, even if you're not a soccer fan. If you like being in crowds of people that are loud, like to drink beer and cheer on the U.S. of A., this is the place to be. So again, I apologize for the background noise. There's going to be a lot of it, especially as we get closer to game time today. The game starts at 4, the match starts at 4, keep calling it a game. That's your first sign that soccer is kind of new in America. But the match starts at 4, United States versus Belgium. So hopefully everybody listening has been protesting Belgium by not drinking any of their fine Belgian beers or their Belgian waffles. I've been doing a fine job of doing both. I'm not a fancy beer type of guy anyway, so I'm all right with not having to drink Belgian type beers. Just give me a nice little... IPA, actually I'm not a huge IPA fan, but uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon, anything along those lines, and I'm I'm content. So I don't need a Belgian beer, certainly won't be having one today. The winner of this match today goes on to face Argentina in the quarterfinals. That game would be on Saturday, and that's part of the reason why I think today's match is so important for the United States, is to be able to not only win and move on, just to, that shows that you're one of the best eight countries in the world at soccer, which is impressive in itself, but soccer is an ever-growing sport in America, and if you can prolong this journey, this trip, an extra five days, have everybody talking about United States soccer for another five days, have a match against Argentina on the weekend. People are still working right now. A lot of people listening to me right now are at work listening, but if you're able to prolong and have people talk and be in the spotlight. And then you get a match against Argentina. Argentina is a power known around the world. Messi is one of the better players in the entire world. You get that hype. I think United States soccer can grow and grow and grow if you're able to continue this. That's why I think today is so important. Not just from a win or go home. Obviously, from that standpoint, you better win. But also just from growing the game. The World Cup is going to be, it's not it's once every four years. The next one's in Russia. Where will soccer where will United States interest be at that point? I think winning it can be a lot more. I I, I got in a Twitter debate about that. But we'll talk more about this game. Josie Altador for the United States not starting. He will be out. Not out for the game, but out of the starting lineup, excuse me. I wasn't trying to mislead you all. He is healthy and fit and he's dressed. But there is a chance that he can come on as a sub. Now, here's my question. I don't think we're going to see Josie today. And that might just be my opinion because he is hurt. His hamstring injuries are lingering. And could he play 20 minutes if he comes into the 70th minute? Sure. I think he could play 70. I think he could play 20 minutes and be fine and be efficient and be a scoring threat. He's a huge physical specimen. And I think he could make a difference in that sense. But... In these knockout stages, as we've already seen in the the other seven games, it can go to overtime. That's an additional 30 minutes. I don't think Josie could play that long. So I don't know if we're going to see him today. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him be 100%. I think he helps the United States. But, again, we'll have to wait and see. There's plenty of other stuff to talk about today here at Saints besides just the United States match, although that's primarily what we're talking about, and that's what you're going to be hearing about literally in the background. 
But there's some UK news. There's some Louisville news. This is Louisville's first day officially being in the ACC. In my opinion, this is the best conference Louisville's ever been in. And, and unless they get an invite from the SEC or maybe the Big Ten, it's going to be the best conference they will ever have a chance to be in. And I think they're going to be generally content staying in the ACC, as they should be. It instantly becomes the best basketball conference in the country, in my opinion. It probably was before Louisville came, but now it definitely is. You've got Louisville, you've got Syracuse, you've got Pittsburgh, you've got Duke, you've got UNC, and the, and the list goes on and on. Virginia is a team that went to the Sweet 16 this past year. It's a, it's a loaded conference, and it's going to be fun to watch. But I have about had it seeing pictures on Twitter pictures on social media of all the ACC mascots flirting around Louisville. I get that it's fun to have them there and make for some picture opportunities, but enough is enough on that front. Uh, I think it's corny. I think it's goofy, uh, and uh, it's, it's overplayed. But that is nice for Louisville to finally be in the ACC. I can't wait to see them play a better football schedule. My dad has been a season ticket holder as long as Papa John's Cardinal Stadium has been around. He's been a season ticket holder at the KFC Yum Center. My grandma has been a season ticket holder for UVL basketball for the past 35 years. Not that the schedule was so much hurting in basketball. I mean, this past year was not great. But the schedules in the Big East in basketball were impressive. But now, every year, year in and year out, I think season ticket holders for Louisville are going to be content and happy with the schedule that they're going to play at home both for football and basketball, and not only the schedule they play home, but people, and here, here, now we got another chant going. But there is a good chance that you're going to have Florida State or Clemson coming in in alternating years. You can also get Notre Dame in. You're going to have Notre Dame on the road every so often, and you're going to have these other places on the road. Virginia Tech, so that's going to be fun to watch happen. Although I want to talk a little bit about Tom Jurch's quote that he made today talking about how he's content being little brother the little brother is up to six foot five 280 pounds 270 pounds whatever the, the real quote is interesting move for him addressing that I wish I would have known what the question was to see what he had to say what he was asked to answer that question I'm sure it was, there's this is not me criticizing Louisville media because in, in the Chance here for Tim Howard, United States goalkeeper. And I've got a lot of friends that cover Louisville sports that are in, that I consider Louisville media, but there is not the contingency of Kentucky media like there is Louisville media that I, I call them butt slappers. People that just basically tell Louisville's coaches and players what they want to hear. They're, they're obviously fans, and that's okay. There's fans in Kentucky media. I'm obviously, I grew up a UK fan. I like to think I'm unbiased at this point, but people can make, certainly a lot of my friends can make a case. That's not the point. But these Louisville fans don't really try to hide their identity when covering the team. And I think that's kind of that's kind of silly. So I'd like to know the question in which Tom Jurich answered, saying that they were little brother. I, if I was him, I, I, I get his point is that, hey, we're little brother, but little brother's looking awfully good, blah, blah, blah. I probably would have just said, hey, I would have pointed to Louisville's past success and maybe hinted that they're not little brother uh, with the U.K. rivalry. I think it is funny when Kentucky fans do call them little brother anyways. But I, I just not that I don't think – I'm not going to get in on the subject of which athletic program is superior, although Kentucky did finish higher 
in all the athletic standing cups, the Directors' Cup, and all that fun stuff this past year. But but Kentucky fans can do better than Smack Talk calling Little Brother. Louisville can do better Smack Talk than saying Lexington's for the birds. And it was interesting as Louisville joins an ACC, a day of celebration for the University of Louisville. They're, they're spending time talking about insults that Kentucky fans throw at them. But a big day for Louisville nonetheless. And, and for my Louisville friends and my Louisville listeners, I am genuinely happy for them. So, Clay B116, text into the show. And you can text in, T. Walker Rivals. We're here live at Saints and St. Matthews. Big crowd filling in. And remember, this is a work day. A lot of people have to work, but not the people here. They got off one way or the other. So it's a great crowd. But Clay B says, so what's the chances that TJ Walker, the sports soccer, goes to more U of L football games than UK? That's not, I cover UK football games, so I went to every one of their games last year. So I would say the chances are I go to more UK football games. Just my opinion, Clay B one. 16. But it should be a fun show. I think we're going to, I'm trying to get the president of the American Outlaws Louisville chapter on during the second segment. He was at some of the United States games in Brazil. He's back now. You can't stay down there forever. It'd be quite a vacation if you could. It'd be a lot of fun, but he's not going to be able to do that. But he might join us here in the second segment, so we're going to talk a little bit more soccer. John Calipari released his uh, address to the recruits. It's kind of a state of a union address, but it's made for recruits and he this one was asking 20 questions for recruits what they should look for in a program and maybe it's not a coincidence that all the questions John Calipari asked when answered about the University of Kentucky it's a positive answer and now they're bringing around the World Cup trophy and they're giving it to me here on the air it, it, it this looks like the real thing I mean for as well for all I know this is the real trophy I don't know how you all got it from Brazil, but it looks good. It's here in my hand. There's pictures being taken here. This is, I think the World Cup trophy is one of the cooler trophies in sports. It doesn't have to be cool. It doesn't have to be big to be cool. Thank you for that. It doesn't have to be big to be cool, but it looks pure gold. I'd love to know how much gold is actually in that trophy. They're bringing it around, taking pictures. If you want a picture with the World Cup trophy, a little spoiler alert, it's not the actual trophy. Then come to Saints and you can do that. But I, I think the World Cup trophy is I don't know which ones. Uh, I'd have to think. I, I think the Super Bowl trophy is right up there with some of my favorites. I'd have to think about my favorite trophies in sports. But the World Cup one's probably in my top three regardless of that. It is small, but it looks good. So I have another tweet into the show. This one coming from Keller Barrett, K Barrett 85. What are the chances you make it to Clay's famous tailgate? That's uh, For UK fans that like to tailgate outside of Commonwealth Stadium. That is the tailgate for you. Anyways, back to John Calipari's 20 questions. Now, obviously, all these questions answer positively for Kentucky. And some of those questions, I'll read off just a couple of them. How have you done? How, he, these are the questions he says recruits should ask to coaches. So he is asking recruits to ask him this question and ask other coaches these questions. How have you done in postseason play? Any final fours is question number 19. Oh, that's weird because Kentucky's done pretty well in, in postseason play in the final fours. Another question is, how many McDonald's All-Americans have you coached? How many of them went to the NBA? Well, that's strange for John Calipari because all of his McDonald's All-Americans have gone to the NBA up at this point. Now, there's a couple that obviously are still on the roster, 
that are likely at some point to go to the NBA. So as you can kind of get a feel, these questions generate towards Kentucky, generate towards John Calipari. But what I would like to see, I would like to see questions that other coaches would ask recruits. I'd like to see Billy Donovan come up with one of these lists. I'd like to see Rick Pitino come up on one of these lists. And I'd like to see what questions they'd ask. And not as a smack talk sort of deal, but genuinely I would like to see, because obviously any coach is going to ask the questions that cater to those need, their needs. So what kind of questions would Rick Pitino ask? And you can tweet me into some of those questions at T. Walker Rivals. Now, I think what would be more important is what uh, I, what I think recruits should ask. I cover recruiting for CatsIllustrated.com. I, I, I talk to a lot of them. I ask a lot, almost all of them what's important to them in their college decision. If I'm a recruit, here are a few questions I'm asking. Asking John Calipari, asking all this all, all the coaches, what kind of style of play do you play? I think this is probably the more, most impre- important question. At this point, teams are starting to move to a faster style of play. Almost any coach can say that, hey, we're trying to play fast. Even Bo Ryan at Wisconsin has talked about trying to play faster. And anybody that's watched Wisconsin knows that that's just not the case. So... And more chance going. It's awfully distracting doing a radio show in an environment like this. But nonetheless, and I almost just want when the chance go on just to let them play out and maybe have, take my point after. But style play is important. And most teams, it's just, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It almost feels like they're yelling right into my ear. But that's what I knew when I was doing the show here. And I'm happy to be doing the show here. This is an unbelievable atmosphere. And... I see somebody wearing a USA 1994 World Cup jersey, which are the best jersey in the history of sports, certainly in the history of U.S. soccer. He's across the bar, and it's a great look. And plenty of great outfits here. I, myself, wearing my uh, the same clothes I've been wearing for this entire World Cup. They may or may not have been washed. I don't know. Who knows? That's not for me to say. Although I certainly do know that they have not been washed. And I am wearing my legendary jean shorts. Uh, so my motto is freedom thighs. And that's why I'm wearing these. They are certainly debatably stylish. But I have gotten more compliments on them than weird looks. But we're going to head to our first commercial break here. We're going to come back. We're going to try to get the president of the American Outlaws on. And there's chance going on. It's game day. United States, Belgium. Go USA. We'll be right back after the break. LA friends ain't on the edge of no popular trend ain't never seen the inside of that magazine GQ You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz And we're back here on 1450, the Sports Buzz, live from Saints and St. Matthews, the official headquarters of Louisville's chapter of the American Outlaws. I'm here with their president, Brian Davis, who had been in Brazil, just came back because you can't make a, a month-long trip of this as much as you probably like, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, having a job's not the easiest thing to do with a, a World Cup, you know? How do you, how do you 
What did you tell your job? Hey, I, this is a once-in-a-lifetime vacation, or it's the, I mean, you could make another World Cup in four years for all you wanted to do. But what do you tell work to allow them to let you take off and, and, and make these memories that I'm sure you'll never forget? Well, you know, we plan it far in advance. This isn't something that sneaks up on you. And, you know, they've kind of gotten used to it. I've been to Costa Rica. I went to Panama last year. So they kind of know it's just, you know, it's his quirk. This is what he's going to do. So it's my hobby, I guess. You've got a good job that lets you do all that fun stuff. And you are the president of the American Outlaws, the Louisville chapter. What does your job, what do you, what are, what do you have to do with your job besides go to awesome United States games and plan these awesome parties for United States soccer matches. What is what does being president mean? That's a good question. I think you're going to find me out. I don't do a whole lot. Uh, I think I think the trick is you find some people that you know do a good job. But you know our job is to make sure that every game there's a great place to go watch U.S. soccer. Whether it, it, you know this is the place to come. So we make sure that everywhere every every game, and it doesn't matter if it's a 11 o'clock in the morning game and it's Ukraine. Nobody wants to get up at There's a place to watch the game, guaranteed. So if you want to watch a game, you come to St. It doesn't matter what the time is. We will make sure they're open. There'll be beer, pizza. Come on out, watch the game. I've been to St. for all three of the United States World Cup games. I've I, I, I probably maybe had more fun watching a sporting event, maybe in person. But when it comes to watching a game on TV, you can't beat this atmosphere. You can't beat this setting whether you're a UK fan, a Louisville fan, everybody knows how important those two universities are in this city and in this state. But it is crazy just to see your friends that cheer for Louisville standing right next to you and everybody cheering for the same team. It's as fun as it gets. So make sure you still have a chance. You still got 30 minutes to get up here, cut out of work early. Anyways, Brian was in Brazil for the first few United the first three, the, the, the group stage games. How unbelievable was that atmosphere? Uh, it was amazing, and the best part about it was, you know, the first game we go to, we're going. It's in Natal, which is where we were located. I was with the Outlaw Package, and uh, we walk in the same. You don't really know what to expect from the other crowd. How many, how many fans have gone to bring? You have no expectations. We walk in, and by some estimates, the U.S. Soccer filled a forty thousand seat stadium. Half of them were U.S. fans, and we 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 filled up sections all the way up to the top. It, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. The best story I could tell you is. The day after the game, we ran into some fans from Ghana. They were nice people, and they were kind of sad. They lost, you know, missed opportunity. And uh, they were talking about how loud we were and how sick they were of our songs, our singing. And, and, and that just means we did our job right, you know? That's a, as big of a compliment as you can re, you can get being a fan in a stadium. I mean, I, I, this is just, uh, I've been wondering this for uh, the World Cup. You are bringing in 32 different countries, or 31 if you count Brazil. They're already there. And all these all these places care deeply about soccer, some more than others. And all this is a vacation for a lot of these fans coming and spending a lot of money. What is the scene away from the games? Is it What is the nightlife like in Brazil? What is just the day-to-day -day like in Brazil? Are there fights in the stands between fans? Are there fights in the streets between fans? Is Brazil as unsafe as they made it out to be before the World Cup? Well, I mean, first of all, we were in Natal. Natal's up in the northern part of the country. It's a very touristy town. 800,000 people live in Natal. So this isn't Rio. It's not Sao Paulo. But when I understand, there's no issues. you got to realize, everybody that goes to Brazil, and this sounds a little politically incorrect when I say it, but affluent people can make this trip. So you're not getting a lot of the hooligans. You're not getting a lot of troublemakers. 
you know, we were out and I ran into people from Britain, uh, Uruguay, Italians, a ton of Canadians, believe it or not. And so you meet these people from all over the country, all over the world, but everybody's there just to celebrate the, the beautiful game. Everybody's there to celebrate soccer. And, and you root for your team, but, you know, I, I was in the Italian section when they lost Uruguay and were officially eliminated. And obviously they were unhappy and they said some things that were not pleasant, but there was never, there was never even a threat of violence. It was never even, it never dawned on me that these guys would be that angry. They're all there to have a good time. And I think people get that sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That's the way the sport works. What country had the most intense fans out there? Out of all the, out of all 32 that you came across, obviously there was that fight between Mexico and Croatia. There's more noise being made as people walk in for this World Cup game upstairs here at Saints. But what, what fan base had the most intense, or, and it could be the United States, but the United States and this other, whatever other fan base had the, the craziest fans? Well, I mean, well, us, first of all, uh, I mean, we hands down, we won the World Cup as far as fans go. Uh, it was neat seeing, you know, I, I was in a restaurant. We were sitting down by the beach. I'm bragging now. But we're down by the beach, just hanging out, having a few beers, enjoying food. And we look up at the TV, and they were showing in Portugal, or in Brazil, now they're in Portuguese, so I don't know what they were saying, but they were showing uh, the, the, uh, the games at Grant Park up in Chicago. So they were showing U.S. Game supporters groups in Brazil or in the U.S., showing them on TV and talking about how, how the U.S. has embraced this game. So I think we win as far as that goes. Uh, the next group is probably because location-wise, the Uruguayans were everywhere. Uh, the Uruguayans I liked a lot. I did see Japan and Greece play. I really liked the Japanese fans. They were a lot of fun. They were the nicest group of people you'll ever meet, the most polite group of people you'll ever meet, though. Awesome. That, I, I can't imagine what kind of time that was to be up there and, and to be able to interact with all those fans. But now you're here. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin your day. But you're back in the United States. You're not in Brazil watching the World Cup anymore. You're gonna watch it here with all of us that have been here for the last three games. This is kind of your baby. You kind of set this up. How I know you've probably heard reports of the crowds here, and now you're getting to live it. What what how what do you have to say about the the United States or the Louisville American Outlaw chapter, the fan support here in Louisville, and all the people here at Saints being ready to watch this game? Well, I mean, first of all, it's not my baby. This is our baby. This is a group effort. This isn't one person. This isn't two people. It's our thing. This is a it's a group effort. Um, so, and then second of all, I love bragging about this when we were in Brazil. I show people the videos. You know, and I'm hanging out with the largest chapter in the United States is AODC. They have 700 something members, which we don't touch that number. But I even show them the video, and they're like, "That's amazing." But this is people need to understand. This is being replicated all across the United States right now. And that's the beautiful thing about this, is that we're embracing this whole thing. We're doing this great. Downstairs is packed. Outside is packed. You know, we got a wait list. I got people I got to turn away because they can't come upstairs. But uh, it, it's unbelievable. And when I saw the videos, you know, wake up in the morning with my massive hangover, and I and I grabbed the video, and I see these videos of the, of the party, and I'm so proud. But, again, this is our group. It, it, it's all inclusive. Just because I'm the president, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything really. That's a solid answer. Uh, one thing that won't change about you being in Brazil and you being here is probably the massive hangovers when you wake up. These United States soccer fans love to drink, and that uh, you'll you'll find that out as you watch this World Cup game, the first World Cup game here at Saints for you. 
this year. And, and speaking of turning people away, you're right. This has grown. They're now doing wristbands today, which they didn't do the past few games. They almost didn't let my mom up here who wanted to come up here and watch my show. They let her through because they're nice people, like everybody here working at Saints is. Let's talk a, a little bit about today's match before we all let you go. I know you've been shaking hands all throughout this interview because you're a popular guy, but let's talk a little bit about this match. United States, Belgium. Josie's back, but he's not starting. Do you expect him to play? I don't expect to see Josie at all today. I don't think he's fit enough to start, which he's obviously not. I, I, I can't imagine that you sub on a player that you might possibly have to sub off five minutes later. I don't see it happening. I, I don't think we're going to see him either, unless maybe he goes into overtime. Because I don't think you can put him in the 70th minute with a chance that it does go to overtime and ask him to possibly play 50 minutes or however long he's going to be out there. I don't think that's a realistic thing you're going to see. But in terms of how the United States matches up with Belgium, Belgium is not the most exciting team in the World Cup, but how do you think, as a unit, United States 11 matches up with theirs? Well, I think Belgium has a, a lot of, for lack of a better word, a lot of the, the sexy name soccer players. When you talk about company, Hazard, Fellaini, when you talk about these are some of the great young players, and they have what they think is a golden generation. So I think they are a bigger name, a lot more bigger name players. Um, but like Portugal, I don't think they play as well together. It's that whole, you know, uh, the, 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 the sum is not equal to the parts, if you will. And I think that's an advantage to us because the U.S. is known for taking all these players and we play better as a group than we do as individuals. Making it out of the group's stage measure going into game one, such a, it's almost a, a strategic of making it to the round of 16 where the United States is now. At times, the United States didn't look overly impressive. It, when they had leads, they kind of sat on them. And you were at the game, so you probably, you'd probably be able to see it better than we did on TV, especially in Germany. It looked like they were content with letting Germany have the majority of the possession as long as they didn't get beat big for goal differential sake. Or do you think this is going to be now – you, now you lose, you go home. There's no worrying about other teams. It's either you win – or you are eliminated from this tournament, do you think the United States is going to open up their style of play of their offense? Uh, not necessarily. I think it's, you know, to, to quote to quote somebody, I think it's strategy. I think, uh, you know, you know what you have to accomplish. We're never going to beat teams 3-0. It's not going to happen. We're going to win. We're going to squeak by. We're going to get a point. We're going to win by a goal. And I think, you know, with the lineup we saw today, I was a little surprised to see no Beckerman, but we're going to see Cameron in instead. I think Cameron is a... He's used to these kind of players, and I think that's an advantage that he has. That's why he's going to be playing that defensive midfielder. And I think those guys cover – I think that's the idea. We're going to cover ground. We, you know, Belgium's a counterattacking team. They attack, attack, attack. And I think the idea is we stop that attack, and we counter, and we get a goal. That's our goal. We get a goal, and it's on. I agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see. I wanted – I'm going to try to ask you one more question. If it quiets down, they're showing crowds throughout the United States, and people are getting pretty pumped about it. And there's a USA chant going. So I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do this. I'm going to try to ask you one more. And you got to talk real close to the mic for this one. Craziest story, craziest thing that happened in Brazil that is radio appropriate, and you can censor it a little bit if you have to, that was away from the soccer fields, away from the stadiums that you saw in Brazil. Again, try to censor as much as possible. Well, I, everyone asks me that question, and I don't really have a great one, unfortunately. Uh, I know, I know. I'm a married man. What do you want from me? Um, but, you know, the, uh, we had I, – I loved meeting all the fans from all over the world. To me, seeing, you know, walking into a Japan-Greece game where I had absolutely no rooting interest, and so I got to relax and actually enjoy a game. It was an awful game. But I got to enjoy a game. 
but walking in and see the gigantic 12-foot flag being uh, being weighed by all the Japanese fans. That's the kind of stuff that I like. Uh, so we didn't get anything crazy, crazy, but it, it, it once in a lifetime opportunity. And, I'm, and right now, I've already told work four years from now, Russia. I'm on the way there. Put me on the plane. Wow, Russia. That's not as a sexiest place as Brazil per se. All right, before we let you go, can you get a, a, an I Believe chant going with all your American outlaws here? We can do that. Are you ready? That's right. Let's do it. And thanks so much for Brian coming on here. I'm going to let him go shake hands. He's the president after all. He's got a lot of stuff to do. So with that chant, we're going to head to our last commercial break. We'll come back. We'll give predictions for the match. I guess I kind of forgot to ask Brian his prediction, but I'll give my prediction. So we'll come back, and we will talk more. Again, thanks so much for listening and putting up with the noise. This has been a really fun show for me. Anyway, stick around here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Go USA. to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. And we're back here, one final segment at Saints in St. Matthews. There's a couple people that work, or rivals that are up here. Everybody's up here. You should be up here if you get a chance. Even if you have to show up late, if you show up for a half, there's always a chance of overtime. That's an additional 30 minutes. But they've uh, they've been good to 1450, the sports buzz up here, and it's going to be a great match. Talk a little bit more about this match. Brian, I can't thank the president of American Outlaws in Louisville for coming on here enough. That was fun to kind of hear his stories of Brazil, even if he doesn't have any of those crazy, you wouldn't believe stories. That honestly is a good thing for me because I'm somebody that wants to go to a World Cup. I don't know when. I don't know if the, 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 the bad thing is, is the next one is Russia. Not a very sexy-looking World Cup. The one after that is Qatar. Nobody really knows too much about that place. But World Cup should be on the bucket list of everybody. And it was kind of he- it was kind of nice to hear that it wasn't as crazy as I thought it'd be. In Brazil, the, the talk of the World Cup was the crime rates before, and it sounds like that wasn't a major issue. So that's good. We'll talk a little bit about this match. Josie not starting, maybe not expected to play, and we talked a little bit about why. I don't think I think it's too risky to bring him in on in the 70th minute when you could possibly play an additional 30 minutes. Now I, I'll say if the United States is down two nil in the 70th minute, then you might as well bring him on and try to create some offense. Hopefully that's not the case. I don't think that's going to be the case. Maybe if you're the in the 110th minute, 105th minute, and everybody looks dead, you might as well bring him on, get a boost. He he's an important piece of this United States soccer team that I feel like is being 
a little downplayed. I, I wouldn't say he's United States' best player, but he's probably their second best offensive player, and he hasn't been a part of this World Cup minus a few a few minutes of the Ghana game. So any minutes from him would be big minutes, assuming that he's not going to be a liability with his injury, and I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I think he is fit, but maybe not fit enough just yet. Be huge if, like I said, it's huge if the United States can win. That would give Josie more days to rest, give him a chance to be fit for Argentina, a team that just played two hours of soccer today. And, of course, besides that, you win, you get an additional time to make soccer even bigger in this country, which I think is ultimately the goal. Now, after the World Cup, we'll talk about how realistic it is to have United States top athletes play, picking soccer as their uh, primary sport. I think there are ways away from that happening, but you could get more, and, and it could it could be a ripple effect that makes United States soccer a serious contender in, in years. I am of the belief that I will see United States win a World Cup, and that is awesome to think about. Uh, truly, uh, would be I would compare it to your favorite team winning a national championship. I really would. It's once every four years, so we'll have to see. But, again, I want to thank everybody that uh, we've got plenty of time left in the show, so I'm not signing off by any means. But I want to thank everybody that has come up here specifically to watch me and not necessarily soccer. There are uh, uh, my mom and some of her friends and some other people that I know have came up here, and it's, it's great to see them and a lot of other people just up here to watch soccer. But I've come by and asked about the sports radio show, and it's, uh, this has been a lot of fun, needless to say. But a huge soccer match starting in just 13 minutes. Anytime they show the team on TV, anytime they show anything that's the United States soccer on TV, and right now they're a commercial, the crowd goes absolutely crazy. That doesn't happen for other sports. That doesn't happen for other teams 13, 15 minutes before the game. So, again, it's been a great experience. Belgium is banged up in this match. They're fighting their own injuries, and a lot of the people that are injured are going to be playing for them. A couple of the people that are injured. It's not like the whole team is injured. But a couple of people that are injured for them are going to be playing, and that could be an advantage for the United States. If anybody's watched these games, these matches that go into extra time, these players literally look dead like their legs aren't working. If you're injured and then you add fatigue onto that, I can't imagine that being a winning combination for Belgium. But they are a good team. And they're a team that isn't really talked about. Like Brian said, they're a team they don't get the same attention that Argentina, that Brazil, that Spain, that Italy, that some of these other big-name traditional powers get. But they're a young team, a lot of talent, a lot of talent that plays in the EPL. It's going to be a tough match for the United States, but I've got a good feeling. I talked to, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here for at least a second until I get interrupted. But I talked a little bit about John Calipari's 20 questions. And people have asked me what they think about this, whether or not that's a good idea, whether or not uh, it's going to get loud again here. But they've talked about whether or not they think that's a good idea to do, if that's typical John Calipari, who's kind of full of himself. That aside, it's a good idea. It's a smart move on his part. He should do it, and he should do it every year. Because guess what? Recruits have they, – they see this stuff. They pay attention to this stuff. And – it just gets Kentucky in the back of their mind even more so than they already were. And guess what? When he recruits these guys and he gets them on campus and he gets them there, he's going to go through this list, and he's, of course, going to come up with Kentucky's numbers for these for these matchups, uh, for these questions, and he's going to have the answer for them. So 
I think that's always uh, a good thing to be in the back of the minds of the recruits, to have them talking about you at this point in the summer when there's not much going on. Sounds like there's a chant going on here that, that's just, we beat Ghana, which is pretty obvious. I guess they're showing highlights of the Ghana match. But at this time in the summer, there's not much going on. Peach Jam is in about two and a half weeks. You might as well do whatever you can to generate some buzz. And Calipari is the mastermind of being able to generate some buzz. But again, we are here at Saints in St. Matthews. It's a great crowd. It's a great atmosphere. The thing I like about these soccer matches more than just the matches themselves, more than just having all my friends meet up and being able to watch these games and drink beer and have fun and finally root for the same team is all the goofy costumes that people are wearing. They are, uh, you, you can basically wear whatever you want as long as it's the United States. You are allowed to, to, to pull it off. I wear jorts, I wear a goofy too small t-shirt and I, I fit right in. It's fun and this is 4th of July week. This is what this country is all about is rooting on Bandwagon fans, hop on on and join us at Saints. If you can't make it today, come on Saturday. And if you can't make it Saturday, then just at least watch and support soccer. It doesn't matter if you don't like soccer. I'm completely okay with bandwagon fans. At one point, I was a bandwagon fan. So this is what it's all about. It's a great time, and it's a, it's a packed house here. But we've talked a lot about this match. We, I've talked a lot about how important it is for the United States to win and advance, not just for their tournament hope, not just for that, but to go on and build soccer up in this country. I will not be able to stand another, another I believe, chant. And the guy with the 94 soccer jersey walked by. I should have pulled him over. Uh, a really cool cat. And, uh, but it's important from that standpoint, but I'm not going to be able to, I'm losing my train of thought. I'm really losing my mind with how, with how packed and loud it is here. But again, I won't be able to withstand if this game goes to PK. I'm not going to be able to. Uh, my fingernails are already gone. Anybody that knows me knows I chew on them. They're already. Uh, I mean, they're they're a ha they're a centimeter long, if that. But I can't bite them down any further. I won't be able to withstand a game that goes. The PKs. I would honestly say, and I mean this, that I would have rather have the United States lose by oh, I don't know. I'd rather them lose by four or more than have to uh, lose in PKs. At least if you know they lose four or more, they are just the worst team. PKs is a terrible way to end a game, but uh, it's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. You can't have you can't be keep playing soccer forever. Clay B116 text in. But supposedly now the list doesn't matter. They have to have people bring. There's a list to get upstairs, and supposedly they're going away from the list, which is interesting. Uh, there's a fire safety with how many people there are here. And still there are places downstairs to watch the games. It is crowded. I'm upstairs here at Saints, surrounded by people. All right, I guess it's time to give my predictions. We still got a little time left on the show. Not much going on, again, like I, people that are listening for the U.K. standpoint of things and for the UL standpoint of things. Not much going on with U.K. news, again, besides John Calipari. 
Louisville and the ACC, that's a huge deal. Trevor Kelsey, the show after mine, will be talking all about that. And they should be happy about that. But time for some predictions. This is win or go home. This is what it's all about for United States soccer fans. I have a good feeling. I don't know why. I don't know if I'm just being optimistic. I, and this is a change. I haven't had a good feeling for a lot of these soccer matches. But my intuition says the United States is going to move on. I don't know how they're going to do it. I can't imagine this being a high-scoring game, a high-scoring match, because the United States isn't a high-scoring team. But they're a team that I think if they can get one goal, if they can get the lead at some point, they're going to be able to hold on to it. We'll have to see. Anyways, I do have my my mother right here next to me. I want to get her prediction. Mom, what, what do you think the, the, the score is going to be? I know you probably can't you can't hear what I was talking about prior. And the USA chants are going on. But what is your prediction? You listen to the show. You're a huge fan, so we got to get you on. What is your prediction for today's match? United States versus Belgium in Brazil. USA 3-2. to 3-2. to two. So she goes against everything I just talked about, about it maybe not being a high-scoring match, and says it's going to be 3-2. to two. But at least she did say it was going to be a United States win. I'm happy that she is here and able to watch the game. She had to even uh, tell the people downstairs that she is uh, uh, my mother to let her up here. It's a tight crowd, tight security. They had a list that went across the other day. Again, again, fire safety. But they have food here. They've walked by with a ton of pizzas. Uh, This is the place to be. And this is what the World Cup is all about. It comes down to this. They're playing the Belgium Anthem right now. Fans here are booing. And... It's uh, the, Be- the Belgium anthem doesn't have anything to do with waffles. I did find out today that Belgium supposedly invented French fries, which is kind of disappointing to hear because I'm a huge fan of our French fries. I guess fries, rather. But I did see on Twitter that Belgium invented the waffle. They invented the fries, but they weren't clever enough to come up with the waffle fry, which, come on, Belgium, you got to be better than that if that's your ultimate goal, is to make awesome foods. No knock against the waffle, no knock against fries, but today we are anti those. This is about America. This is about crappy American beer. This is about IPAs. This is about Pat Blue Ribbons. We're about ready to have the United States National Anthem. What I'm going to do, and Yates, I know I can't hear you, and I know you're here. I'm going to let you listen to them sing the USA national anthem and then i'm going to cut off go united states beat belgium and advance to the quarterfinals here we go
great show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back same time tomorrow to talk about a United States win. This is Sports Soccer with TJ Walker, 1450 The Sports Bus.